On this episode, we discuss the Pope's Exorcist. It's kind of like if you were to cross Evil Dead with Columbo. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. It's Elliot Kalen. <laughs> Sorry, I was riding a, a unicycle of... down a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah, a couple of crusties in here. That makes sense. <laughs> you shouldn't do that on mic, but that's okay. <laughs> um, hey, guys. Good to see you again. This is a podcast, if in case you didn't know. Oh, cool. Where we watch uh, just a bad for the movie. record, we what? can't see you. If it's the listeners you're talking to, we actually can't see them. So don't don't <laughs> <Okay>. worry. <laughs> Except for you, Gary. I'm looking at you right now. Somewhere, guys, Gary's so freaked out right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. yeah you out. really gave him the business. So what do we do on this podcast <laughs> other than spy on Gary? This is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Or a movie that maybe, look, no judgments until the end. Mm-hmm. It could be Who knows good. if it's a thumbs up for me, dog, yeah. other than me. But we've heard things. Why, that, why would you that, rub it into that dog's face, too, that you have thumbs and he doesn't? Yeah. We, well, he knows what he did. We heard some things, <laughs> usually about the movies that we chose, that might that suggest that maybe a, a humorous di- dissection of these films would be enjoyable for you, was the it audience. The, the aggressive Twitter campaign that Russell Crowe personally was doing of posting pictures of his character uh, Father Gabriel Amorth <laughs> riding a fucking Vespa. I don't know the if it Italy. was Russell Crowe himself, <laughs> but it, certainly all of the people who sent us that trailer to the film The Pope's Exorcist saying, You guys are doing this, right? Yeah, there was, there was <laughs> a lot like, of fan excitement about the, and ex- so about the Pope's Exorcist. Yeah. We got off our fucking asses and we went, <laughs> we took our lazy butts to the theater. And then and, and then got on them again. <laughs> it was, it was really fun because Dan and I were like, Dan and I are like, okay, we got to go see this fucking movie. Uh, our usual places to go is like the Alamo Draft Well, because usually we don't go see movies in the theater. That's yeah. the... But like for personal use, we usually go to the Alamo Draft House because we like know. to get <laughs> fucked up in the movies. This movie is only for public use. Please be careful. Be clean with it. Wipe it down when you're done. Well, like normally we like to get a little bit twisted on a couple of cocktails. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> oh. we're bad boys. Uh, so we... So... Uh, I was looking, and the only draft house it was playing in New York was Staten Island. So, hell yeah, we got to see a turkey on the road. We did see a big, fat turkey on the road while we were driving. As I mentioned on a previous mini, I was super bummed that the menu wasn't all gabagool and spaghetti. But that's fine. I can live. Also, because of the subject matter of the movie, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of Italians Um, in the movie. So we uh, still thinking about that turkey we saw. It was huge. It was a (laughs) fucking big boy. Big turkey. And it fluffed itself up at the traffic as we drove <laughs> by. He saw Dan clocking it's, him, and he's like, "Keep on moving, buddy." See, on the East Coast, they're all there's a turkey in the road. On the West Coast, we're all there's a peacock in the road. Oh wow, that's cool. Difference. NBC, the difference between NBC New York and LA. On tough times. Um, <laughs> so we so we uh, headed over there, and we fired up the movie. And you know what? Let's I don't get think into we fired shit. it up because again, we saw it in the theater. The yeah, projectionists. Meanwhile, I was not a part of this Staten Island road trip, which is the saddest 
to go from Brooklyn to Staten Island is not the most exciting road trip in the world. But you, I saw, although, you, would, have, you would have loved it. Uh, no, it but I got amazing. to do I got to do something I almost never get to do these days, which I was so excited to, which is go to a sleepy movie theater that has more staff than attendees at mm. the moment and sit in the middle of the day and watch a movie with three old people who the same three old people that I think are always <laughs> when I see horror movies in the middle of the day. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah. that's that's the best feeling. That was like Just, when I would skip school in high school. That's I will the, say that's my my yeah. crew. <laughs> you make you make fun of it as a road trip, and right rightly so. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. You didn't even leave the city you were in. Psychologically, it did have an effect. Like it was like, oh, Stuart's picking me up in the car, and we're like fucking, driving I to made see a, a movie someplace else. Yeah. It was yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It was, it like was awesome. Like old times. So uh, the movie you begins. Drove, and you drove right onto the ferry. And then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how yeah. we did it. Yeah. Uh, so the the movie begins in a flashback. Uh, doesn't the movie begin with a quote? Sorry, I didn't take particularly good notes because I was in a movie theater. Yeah, so the can. movie begins with a quote from our main character, mm-hmm. Father Gabriel Amorth. A who real played- person. Who they they're quoting a real person who's played by Russell Crowe well, in a fictional movie. Yeah, him. I was shocked to learn that at the very end. That was the biggest twist of the movie at the, the, to <laughs> the end. Said, based of, on the books by. Yeah, I'm like, I was wait, like, this was purported to actually happen. This mm, thing it's that pretty this cool. movie has shown he's me. Like, wow, mm-hmm. he's, there was a CGI anyway. portal in real life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and now of course I think this name's cool because it sounds like the band Amana Marth. Uh, Viking metal band, but let, that has no impact in the movie itself. So we get a quote from him talking about like the devil being excited when we don't pay enough attention or something. When we don't believe in him, the devil gets excited because that Hell means he yeah. can wreck his mischief unchecked. Mm. Which we're pretty aware of the devil the whole movie, so it's pretty. Everyone it's keeps talking about. Quote. There is that one moment we'll get to where the where the youngest cardinal in the history of the church, I guess, he's like the the. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? That horrible young man in the Trump administration. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we all know. Li- Stephen something. Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like- the one who looked like Mr. Burns, but who the, Mr. Burns had been de-aged, but not enough. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That it, it's like him in the Vatican is like, people are tired of demons. The church needs to be more relevant. And I thought it was, it was it's just such a fake, uh, we'll get to it. It's such a fake it's, conflict for the awesome. head exorcist of the Vatican to have to overcome, partly because- it's the church, like it's not supposed to be like new and cool, you know. Yeah. But also, the Pope, so the Pope played by Franco Nero, uh, which was so, great. <laughs> so has the exorcist's back that it's like, are we really supposed to think he's going to lose his job because this I young cardinal no, doesn't the, like him? The, the young cardinal loves like, him. Give us your young. fucking badge and gun, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I answered we, only one guy. But his before we get Pope. to that scene, first, uh, uh, Father Gabriel, he's got he's got his James Bond first mission of the movie prologue yeah. to deal with, Smack, right? Like cold open. It's set in the 80s. He goes to a little village where there's a, du- a little boy who's possessed. Well, he's like there's- a grown man. They keep calling him a, a boy, but he's like he's like at least he's- a teenager. He has a beard. Yeah. So the first the first line of the movie is Russell Crowe complimenting a pig by telling it it's beautiful, and I thought that was really nice. <laughs> yeah, well— uh, what he does to the, the pig least after he is, could do. He considering. Do I mean, outside so, the pilot of Black Mirror, this is just about the worst thing I've seen done to a pig in, in a TV show or movie. So he, uh, so he, you know, he he calms everybody down. He talks to the possessed guy. Possessed guy, obviously a demon, is doing demon stuff. 
and uh, Russell Crowe does a little bit of banter. He tells some jokes, and he he like he basically tricks the demon into possessing, proving that it's powerful by possessing a pig instead yeah. of the like leaving the boy's body and going into a pig. In which case, as soon as the pig gets possessed, they blow its head off. Yeah, yeah. the farmer who brought the pig and just just blows now, the pig's head off. I got a couple of questions. Well, I mean, I get- if your question is, was that boy kid really possessed? Well, that's the, the the answer that's, is no. Well, yes, I He's wanted an actor. To, I wanted to get into that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really they didn't call up the devil and say like, devil, are you free on this day to possess our actor? What's your, for what's your day rate? <laughs> well, oh, no, I gonna, get, uh, you really should go through my reps. Uh, you know, I haven't talked to them much lately, but they'll be excited that I'm getting some work. Wow, Kevin Spacey doing a new accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to get into it because you know Stewart's telling the story as if he was. Possessed, but the movie then has Russell Crowe being like, "Oh, that kid, you know, like he had psychological problems. He just needed a little theater, yes, so he doesn't think he's possessed anymore." Now, I, I've got a couple of issues with this. Number one, the kid, you know, had all sorts of like I'm possessed makeup on. So if he mm-hmm. wasn't really possessed, he still needs like a doctor, not just well, like a. Well, so, so <laughs> he, but he hasn't eaten in days. They've said he's been in this kind of state for days and you see Russell Crowe do a series of tests on him and we don't know, but we find out later when he does those same tests on the really possessed character that he is, he is ascertaining from that, that there is no demon inside him. He has that magic charm that he waves in front of his eyes and yeah. the guy doesn't get demon eyes. And the real sad part is that that pig still has to die, even though there was no demon in there. Like, he just, yeah. he just well, that's I mean, that's another question of mine. Like, do <laughs> if it were real, would you think that maybe kill it was a stunt pig that had had a fake head that. that they blew off? <laughs> if that were real, would it kill the demon? Like, is the demon well, attached this to is that an pig? Issue, this is an issue I've always had. I have the same issue with the Exorcist too, where the demon uh, possesses a body and then the body kills itself. The demon should just be able to hop into another body. Like, it shouldn't mm-hmm. really hurt the demon that badly. But it always seems, but when the, it's all these movies, when the spirit hops into the right body and then the, that body gets killed, then the demon is defeated. So real, but. real quick, guys. So by calling your movie The Pope's Exorcist, <laughs> is that like one-upping The Exorcist? Like it's a little bit better? Is yeah. The, this is is this, like the next step up, like the universe's exorcist? This I is The so. Pope's guy. Well, and they and what I want is the sequel where he has been fired, and it's called The Ex Exorcist, and uh, he's got to yeah. figure out what his next step is. I want to talk about the title, The Pope's Exorcist, but I do want to get back to this just briefly. It about also, the, the title also implies that the Pope has been possessed. And well, the thank you gonna, for yeah. stepping on the thing I want to get So back let's say to. it now. Why not just say it now, well, Dan? Don't, we were, I don't want to get too far away from like what we were talking about. Okay, so let's put a, a pin another... in that. Let's put a pin in misperceptions about the title, and we'll just okay. go back into the movie. Uh, I, I'm sorry that I stole that from your mind, Dan, much as in the last episode, an idea was stolen from the mind of <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just, the, the with the kid, the, I feel like this stuff about like, oh, you know, like the, the the kid only had uh, a mental issue. Like we need to like most of the time, I don't actually need to exercise things. Like this is like stuff that the the filmmaker is putting in to be like, you know, this is a modern like this. The Pope's ex- exorcist, even though he's an exorcist, let's be clear, he is a modern, reasonable man who recognizes that for the most part, exorcism is. Not a thing that needs to happen. Well, I don't know. I but feel like- except for this one tiny bit. Well, hold on. Let me say my thing okay. before you jump in. You don't know what I'm. It's just like in real life, this guy. He's like 
the the quote unquote real life of this exorcist. Like he wrote these books about, yeah, yeah, man, I I exercised like hundreds of thousands of demons, and so I feel like the fact that this exists in the movie is here to be like, hey, man, we all we all want to sympathize with like a a guy who knows that this is nutty, right? Okay. Well, I, so what I was going to say, I think I'm not quite sure I agree with that. I think what it's yeah. in there for is more, to me at least, what it was saying was this guy is a professional. Like he yeah. knows what he's doing. He can tell the difference between a real demon and a fake demon. He has that secret knowledge that a professional needs to have. And maybe there is a little bit of, I mean, he's also constantly drinking. And I don't know if the real exorcist was like taking shots of whiskey from a flask. Well, not even shots. He just pours it down as if he's drinking lemonade <laughs> out of a flask. Yep. Like, yep. I don't know if that was, if he was really doing that. And in those moments where I was like, he's, ba- yeah, he's, he's basically he's turning. He's drinking like he's shooting a fucking commercial for it. <laughs> yeah, he's like turning into James Woods from Vampires where they're like the hard living, you know, vampire killers from the Vatican. But the, uh, I think it, I think that was partly there because it's them showing us that he that he knows what he's doing and he's not going to get fooled. You know, he's a pro. He knows the tricks, you know. Yeah, no, I, I know, but I I guess I chafe against like the fact that this is purported to be obviously it's not based on reality. Like it's like of course because demons don't exist. We whatever just say they it. I did, think we're fine. No, I know it's like whatever they did, whatever the original books are like. I'm sure that this is like a measure of of madness even further beyond it. But the fact that this movie tries to be like, no, no, guys, this is a reasonable exorcist who's a pro. <laughs> Like I guess I chafe on that just like and they're like like look let me don't try and <laughs> hornswoggle me like I I don't believe in demons but I'm watching a, a horror movie so I'm gonna go with you <laughs> stop uh-huh. trying to like you're saying you would rather he was like a straight out and out like fire and brimstone kind of you know oh I don't know I don't know demon. if I would rather that I really like the the way that this this character is personified mm-hmm. by Russell Crowe because I feel like because we'll like then, then you start getting into the more worrying issue to me is if it's like. Your son, you think he's possessed? Yes, he's possessed by the devil. Does he have sex with other men? Because that's one of the big <laughs> symptoms. And that's not a character I want to sympathize with at all. Like, I do want him to be a little modern where he's like, well, of course I believe in primordial forces of good and evil, but like, come on, let's all agree. There's some of this I, stuff is a little old-fashioned. I guess you know? it is just sort of a general, like, dislike of this idea of like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm letting too much of the real world I gotta say, I thought this opening scene was pretty fun. I liked it. I thought yeah. to me this was like it's like the, it's like the library scene in the Ghostbusters where you get a yeah. sense of like you get a sense of how good this person is at their job. In Ghostbusters, uh-huh. you're learning that they're terrible at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they're they're effect, they're there to find a ghost, and when they do find it, they run away screaming. Mm-hmm. But the, in here, you get a sense that like oh, he knows what he's doing. Like he he can handle this. This exorcist can handle any situation, or can he? Because the okay. movie's about to throw a challenge in his I face. I mean, I I look. In the context of a movie, I liked it. I'm just like, let's not pretend they're good exorcists and bad exorcists. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> all bad. Like, it's so, just dumb stuff. But what about uh, Sexorcist, Dan? How do you feel about them? Are they good or bad? That's a white zombie album? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so flash forward a little bit. It's still the 80s. We're in Spain. Cue up uh, She Sells Sanctuary by the cult. It's like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, this is a fucking rocking movie. We are introduced to a family who are moving into an, a Spanish abbey that they've yes. inherited from their uh, recently deceased father. Um, it is the mother, uh, 
her daughter, like teenage daughter and her young son who already looks kind of creepy. Like yes. he is, the, this kid is the number one special effect in this movie. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to make fun of this kid's look. But, and he also, and he has refused to talk since witnessing the death of their father. But they basically, the movie makers are giving us- I'm not standard. making fun of him. I'm saying, it's like fucking Doug Jones, dude. Like he's amazing. This kid's <laughs> okay. got a big career ahead of him. He yeah, looks the kid awesome. Is, the kid is really good. But the it is your, it's your standard Spielberg's assortment of single mom, older kid, younger kid. And the younger yeah. kid gets involved in some kind of fantastical thing. It's it, that's your basic your basic family. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Spielberg, I believe, took it from the diary of Doctor Father Gabriel Morth. Actually, <laughs> yeah, so, was, yeah. Originally, originally, ET was called do, yeah. ET was uh, was Exorcist Terrestrial, and <laughs> over time they took all the exorcism stuff. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Uh, Skittles, demons love them. Uh, or no, Reese's <laughs> Pieces. Oh, Reese's Pieces, no, Stuart, oh, I wow. I fucked up that joke. I fucked wow. it up. And you, Guys, but you're right, demons we... do love Skittles because they want to taste demons. the rainbow. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, aliens love Reese's Pieces. Demons love Skittles. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you guys. You're making me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like such an asshole. I mean, I know that Elliot believes that because they're all fruit flavored. And to him, <laughs> fruit is the demon's uh, fruit, fruit is evil. <laughs> I mean, what was it that, what was the original sin that cast Adam That's and Eve out true. of the Garden of Eden? It wasn't you know eating what? It meat. It wasn't eating chocolate. It was no, eating fruit. No, you're right. And it was mm -hmm. eating Skittles. God said, thou, thou tree is the rainbow and thou shalt not taste the rainbow. And <laughs> And the serpent came up and was like, Eve, you want to taste that rainbow. You know That'd you do. That'd be a wild-ass Skittles commercial, you? by the way. <laughs> you know what? This is I, the think Skittles commercial. Be, I think it would work. This is the Skittles effective. commercial. God says, it's almost all told without dialogue. God points at the tree to Adam and Eve and finger over the, wagging his finger. No, no, don't do that. And then they look at it and the snake nods his head and then they eat it. And the next shot is them walking out, being cast out with handfuls of Skittles. And Adam just turns to Eve with his mouthful of Skittles and goes, worth it. And then it says, Skittles, taste the rainbow. Done. Oh, man. TM okay. that shit. TM it. We did it. That's like, that's a better version. I was, I was in, envisioning sort of like a very 90s version of the commercial where it's uh -huh. all like sort of like cut out, brightly colored, like animation. Like it looks like a trapper keeper. There's like a no, <laughs> okay. no, no, where like God is like the 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 the, the parents telling the kid yeah, like they can't like have the delicious tree. And then yeah. like there's like a cool snake with like <laughs> oh, sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah. And then they taste the rainbow and then there's like like a guitar riff. Yeah, and triangles like, everywhere. Yeah. No, sure. that's cool. And like and like Adam and Eve are like totally naked. Like you see a dong mm -hmm. just flapping around. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's full frontal. Just like in nineties commercials. <laughs> yeah, just like in the nineties when all those commercials for candy had full frontal. It's nudity. gonna push the envelope a little bit, but I feel like that would play in Europe. We yeah. all remember those. We all remember the famous campaign: "Give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of your that Kit Kat bar on your dick." <laughs> it's, it's a wild. And the one. guy, and then the guy would take it and he would slap it against his erect penis, and it would snap into pieces. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That man blade. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the the family has just uh, inherited this, like, crumbling abbey that is, uh, like, moss and ivy choked, a perfect location for a Ravenloft D&D &D adventure. <laughs> uh, there are uh, tradesmen that are trying to fix it up, but they keep having problems. <laughs> tradesmen, the contractors. <laughs> like, I love calling them tradesmen, though. There's a blacksmith, there's a cooper, <laughs> yeah. there's a fletcher. Yeah, a, a barrel right. Uh, uh, so they they're uh, they're fixing it up, but they're having some issues. Uh, the son is not spoken since his father's untimely passing, and the her teenage the teenage daughter is kind of a rebel. She smokes cigarettes and wears revealing clothing. Mm -hmm. um, 
Meanwhile, uh, and at, at, this is around when she, uh, the teenage daughter, puts on her headset uh, on her Walkman and is listening to We Care A Lot by Faith No More, which cuts to uh, Father Gabriel Morth riding his Vespa around the streets of Rome. And, it's and amazing. Just, let me say this. Russell Crowe is loving being in this movie. I feel yes. like he is enjoying every frame that he is on screen. Yeah. Well, He's gobbling it. He's yes. gobbling every ounce of this screen. And part of the thing that makes this movie a lot of fun, honestly, to me at least, like it, it feels like the most sort of, it feels like very like early 2000s, like horror movie complete with like later on, there's like a CGI like puddle of fire and stuff that like, <laughs> okay. uh, but in the middle of it, you have Russell Crowe like giving this genuinely kind of great performance where it's like he is imbuing it both with like a certain gravitas and realism and he is slicing ham all over the scene. I, I say this not just because he has a beard and is clearly overweight in the movie, but there's a, yes. I felt like there's a real like Orson Wellesy yes. feeling to it. I said that Dan later Turnin on. Dan told me during the movie. <laughs> well, like there's that scene where he's on his Vespa and he has like his long black like robes on and he has like sunglasses and a black hat and he yeah. looks for all the world like Orson Welles riding a Vespa <laughs> so around. Awesome. Yeah, all he needs is a big cigar in his mouth and like a If this movie had been called Orson Welles colon the Pope's Exorcist, <laughs> oh. I'd have been into it too. You And you wouldn't have had to change a single thing about it because I would Not believe Orson Welles going around doing this made up weird Italian accent. <laughs> or if it was the Pope's Exorcist and then in ellipses, Orson Welles. <laughs> 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 they don't do that in movie titles that often these days, Not but often. I feel like it would work in this case. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So he is going up in front of a uh, like a like a tribunal, a jury, a, what yeah. do you call it, a council? Like, yeah, like, I think a tribunal is a good way to put it. It's a group of cardinals, one of whom is a friend of his that he's is clearly on his side, but uh, they're they're all humphing and harumphing about the very existence of the Pope's exorcist opposition, which is yeah. like- They want, they want they really his badge and gun, basically. But it's not really for anything he's done. It's just for the idea of it. Well, they do bring up that there was there was one exorcism that went bad and yes. they and the young which will, woman, uh, that's true. Herself. And also, he does write articles about it, which I've got to assume that's some kind of conflict of interest that he likes. And books. <laughs> and he does this work for the, the Vatican and then just good. writes tell all <laughs> the books. <laughs> you read the books. The books are good. And uh, <laughs> but it's all run yeah, it's by this good. by this by this real Weasley, you know, young cardinal who American <laughs> cardinal, American cardinal, and he's just and part of me is like. How did he get the seniority to be on this council? But then again, like I said, in the Trump administration, it was all these young, evil people who yeah. like had no business being in a government position. But well, but were. that's also like the not so uh, sub subtext of it is just like this is the new young buck, you know, and like you like bringing in like new reforms to the church and like he's not a cool young Russell, pope like the Jude Law young pope. Yeah, yeah. Russell yeah, yeah. Crowe and the pope, pope fucks know that like evil <laughs> exists and like you need him on that wall. Like like the yeah. thing is like the thing. I mean, we've alluded to it before. Like Stuart said, this is like a badge and gun thing. Mm -hmm. But like this, like the movie is the Exorcist plus a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Like, yes, really, very like, much so. Yes. Uh -huh. Russell Crowe is essentially the grizzled old veteran cop who plays and by his own rules. <laughs> who plays by his own rules and is going to show the young cop. I mean, the young cop is not necessarily a straight arrow so much as he's kind of like naive and, and yeah. new, the young priest. Yeah. 
But uh, th- but yeah, he is. This is one of those movies where a new person is coming in and saying your old ways of doing things are bad, and he goes, "I'm going to show you why they're not. Why you need me. you need me yeah. on that soul. Who you, um, you need that? You need me on that soul. Keeping shooting people and stuff like <laughs> so, that." But. So things are looking a little bit grim for Father Amorth. Uh, but then while praying, he gets uh he gets some time to spend with his boss. That's right, the Pope, played by Franco <laughs> Nero. Maybe you've heard of Django himself, Franco Nero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who's like, it's this, the Pope is so funny in this to me. Yes, it is the, the whole time that every scene with him. And at first I I was, at first I didn't, I was like, I know who this is. And it took me a while to recognize that it was Franco Nero. Cause I, I wasn't getting good looks at those blazing blue eyes, but the, but like, he is a hilarious Pope of this. It is no, the entire time I was like, I do not believe this guy is the Pope at all. And he spends his whole day in the, in a church at the, at the, uh, just sit, either sitting in a pew or kneeling. And I'm like, so the Pope just works out of a church. Like and he doesn't I, have an I office like, or like a And house. I expected him, I expected him at any moment to be like, Father Amortha, you need this uh, special crossbow that shoots lasers. <laughs> yeah, if, if this Pope had shown up at the exorcism site and then pulled two guns out of his out of his robes <laughs> uh, yeah. and started firing, I, mean, I would not have been surprised. He does come very close to being like Russell Crowe's Q character because like they keep cutting back to him like looking through the old books. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. Back. And when things go bad for him, even though they are separated by multiple countries, he's like. No, Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, they do all have. They do seem to have some kind of force level psychic link. It but rules. I guess that's. I guess that's the the connection you get when you're part of the Catholic family. You know, you're all you're all part of one soul, uh, and you're all in the in the brotherhood of in the of Jesus or something like that, right? Yeah, something like know. that. So meanwhile, back I'm in Spain, I'm not a Christian. And- We're Jews. We do it our own way. We're all independent free agents, just living it up. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Meanwhile, back in Spain, uh, the the young son. Find, like finds a hole in the wall in the basement and he looks at a door that has a crack in it and something happens. Then shortly afterwards, uh, some uh, these aforementioned contractors are downstairs. They try to get a better look at this hole in the wall. They light a flare, which explodes and burns them. The contractors are having none of this. They leave the job site. They walk off. I wonder if there's a, they had a good contract with them. We'll find out later. I mean, that all gets sorted <laughs> out is, later. It is, it is an it's un, in the postscripts, I'm it's, sure. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the, I don't know if you stayed for the mid-credit the scene. It's them and their lawyers dealing with enforcing yeah. the contract. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the son uh, almost immediately starts doing uh, possessed person stuff. Uh, he, you know, he, his mom shows up and he's like, mommy, mommy, you're all going to hell. And then he grabs his mom's breast. He talks about breastfeeding. Uh, it was pretty intense, actually. That's the most uh, intense part. That's I just, this, it, That's the only part where it felt like it started getting into the territory that, for me, that the exorcist gets into, where yeah. it's like, oh, this is genuinely upsetting to see a kid doing these things. Because most of it is him just going like, you're all going to die, gay. Well, and let's, you know? uh-huh. yeah, yeah, let's like take it. a moment, because it's been invoked a couple of times. Let's just briefly talk about the exorcist in that there's nothing that this demon does that you have not already seen in The Exorcist. It's very specifically like all of The Exorcist stuff, whether it's turning someone's head around Mm -hmm. or having writing come up on the belly or walking around like a a spider. Like a spider. When when it takes over the the daughter's mind and she drops to the ground like a spider, I was like, movie, come on. Like, you know I've I, seen this before. I, know, like, I I both agree with you, and I felt felt like it was kind of hilarious how close yeah. it hewed yeah, towards I like guess that's yep. true. like like the writers like they looked up like 
Well, I guess this is our monster manual of what <laughs> demons yes, do. This is what demons do. Well, it does feel <laughs> they, like that. They didn't want the nerds on the internet to be like, oh, those aren't powers demons have. <laughs> well, no, but it feels, that happens sometimes where like a movie, will, it's like with um, like the Wolfman invented mm. all the stuff about like Wolf's Bane and things like that. It's all made up. And then later wolf, <laughs> werewolf movies were like, that's what we're, I mean, I mean, as in it's not real traditional folklore or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It, obviously, werewolves are, are also made, like, as opposed to the real werewolf stuff, why, lock your doors, everybody. <laughs> uh-huh. But the, that the, uh, but that, that people were like, I guess that's just part of being a werewolf. Or like, there's vampire stuff that that happens with. We're like, it'll get invented in a story and people just assume. But it, it is very funny that they're like, they're like, oh, the exorcist must be based on, is also supposedly based on fact. So we'll just do all that stuff. Yep. But it's also yeah. as if they saw the exorcist and they were like, why does it have to have such a downer ending? Why couldn't the exorcist end with Father Karras and the other priest raring to go for more adventures and more escapades? <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, that- I like walk I like walking out of the theater uh with a little bit of a high. So the <laughs> uh so the 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 possessed child for, uh, says, Bring me the priest. Uh so of course they bring in the local priest. Very uh, understandably. Who uh, immediately gets demolished, and they're like, "We're gonna have to call <laughs> he, in a bigger it's gun." Like such he, a goes, gag. he goes, "Wrong priest. I meant Christopher Priest, the comic book writer, not the <laughs> oh. author of the Prestige. That's a different writer named Christopher Priest." Oh, interesting. Cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I was actually confused for a second. So thank you for clarifying. You know, they're two but, different writers with the same. One of them was one of them. His birth name, I believe, is Christopher Priest. The other, the comic writer, that was not his birth name. He took oh, it on okay. later. But anyway, great uh, comic like book writer, the, though. Great, great writer. This is like. Gag editing where, like, the priest is like, don't worry, like, it'll be fine. He walks, <laughs> and he walks in, in. And he immediately is blasted through the door, which is also funny because later on, like, I don't know, the demon doesn't seem to be as powerful later. It can't just blast everyone around. He, but this here, is one of my issues that I have for the with, sake a lot of a joke. <laughs> with Exorcist movies. The power levels of the demons always seem to fluctuate based on what the movie wants. And it's always like, this demon is so strong. I'm saying Jesus Christ's name and it's not stopping him until the end of the movie when it's important to stop the demon and then a prayer usually kind of pushes the demon away. And it's, yeah. it's something I never can quite understand the rules of, is it that you have to say the prayers louder or you have to say them more intensely? I like, think it's a power of belief thing. So clearly, like, obviously this priest is no Russell Crowe, but it still is, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have the same problem you do. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry, I'm just looking at the stats of this demon. Uh, yeah, he's really he's really tough. Uh, <laughs> technically, he's a devil. Actually, let me uh, is, I'll correct is myself. It, is Asmodeus in the monster manual? Is yeah, that yeah, a, yeah, Asmodeus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's a, the, yeah, it's Asmodeus. He's is, the is Prince a, of Beator. Yeah, he is a famous a famous old demon. Also the also of course the evil snake from Redwall, but that's you know not the same character. Armor class were, armor class thirty. Oh, wow. well, that, that explains. Good how, fucking the, luck, dude. How many experience points <laughs> you get for taking him down? Oh, uh, to check. That's a lot, though. I'm trying to find his challenge rating real quick. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Russell Crowe was out there grinding with other these fake <laughs> demons just to build up his powers, and then he— Yeah, yeah, that's what—he had to get up his uh, levels, yeah. Uh, so Because this is also—this is a, this is a, what's going on behind this— 155,000 XPs. Wow. Mm, take wow. that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, to the experience bank. Uh, my, my older son just got the Monster Manual as a gift recently, and so he's just uh-huh. walking around tr- quizzing me on the experience points and armor classes of monsters I've never heard of. And that it's like, was— yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just tell me. 
That was also my relationship to the Monster Manual. Like, I didn't want to play Dungeons and Dragons as a kid. Like, I didn't have friends who did it, but I also, it sounded like it was going to be boring to me. But I loved reading the Monster Manual. Sure, yeah. Just pictures yeah, of monsters and their, and their stats and stuff. Anyway, so this demon, he's just, yeah, like we're saying, he's just doing normal demon stuff. He calls for the other priest. I don't know how they make the connection to go all the way that they're just like, let's just go to the top of the organization. Let's just get the Pope's exorcist. Well, I feel like the next scene is like the Pope being like, He's like, there's a situation you. in Spain. I think it's a very dangerous. <laughs> we got a, <laughs> I have a very special demon for you. <laughs> it's Tonight, pretty great. You're going to like it. <laughs> you're going to like it. It's good. It's a, it's a, we don't always have this a demon. It's going to be uh, real nice. <laughs> I, I was really happy with, with all these interactions. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and, so they also, and we get to see the secret Vatican library where all the librarians wear black robes with the hoods over their heads, mm-hmm. which makes it harder to read. I, no, I, but I, it but looks I, dope. It looks amazing. I thought it was so It looks funny. so cool. So, of course, uh, Father Amorth gets uh, dispatched. He drives the whole way on his Vespa. <laughs> Seems like quite a trip, but, you know, he's, From he's the man. Italy to Spain. Yeah, that does yeah. seem yeah. like a lot of Vespa. Lot. Also, also, let's step aside. This, this is a possessed boy who's causing trouble. People have died in an explosion. It's going to take him a long time to ride a Vespa from Italy to Spain. He's got to stop yeah, some fuel. It's mostly just, you know, for zipping around in Rome from what That's I That's the thing. You know, what would have been even better is if he flew there, but he's riding the Vespa up and down the aisle of the plane the entire <laughs> flight. <laughs> yep. Uh, making friends with everyone because that's so what he does. calling the attendant. I'm trying to sleep and this uh, gentleman. I mean, that's a short flight. You don't, If you're going to sleep on that flight, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, you must be so tired. Yeah. Well, uh, so, he, so he arrives. They're not even the, serving a meal on that flight. Yeah. He arrives at the Abbey. He investigates a little bit. Uh, like there's a courtyard with a mysterious well with a seal over it. He drinks some whiskey. Uh, he he wanders around. Uh, I think this he meets the family. Yeah, he, this is the point and click part of the adventure. Yeah, the mom is very quick to accept that this could be an exorcist situation, and uh-huh. that. He knows, it, like, there's the, he, this is the weird thing, Dan, where you're saying, like— It was a popular they, movie, Elliot. Of that's course. true. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, it wasn't that old when this came out. When, that they set up, like, he's a he's an exorcist of the modern world, but everyone else in the movie seems to have no trouble being convinced that there's a demon on the loose inside a boy's body. And it felt yeah. like I just wanted a little bit more pushback from— I mean, they do take the boy, I guess, to a doctor who's like, everything seems fine, but the MRI caught a demon in his body or something. <laughs> 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 yeah, the MRI—oh, man, that would be great if there was, like, a demon— Demon face in the MRI. This, this dark spot right there. Let me turn it to the side. Ah, a demon face. Yeah, that's Asmodeus. <laughs> That'll happen. All the symptoms are. Whoa, he's like up with flicking me off. <laughs> 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 he's holding two six guns and he's pointing them at me. <laughs> From inside, but get him. This, get him outside. He's badass. This, this demon in here that seems to be trying to sell me some deviled ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my son did swallow a can of red devil paint. That might be why that's in yeah, there. He's yeah, he's holding up some hot. Sauce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So, so here's, here's, now here's the kind of demon you want. They're not as much trouble. He's got a goatee and like a nose ring, and he's really into like ska music and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But we, you don't have that kind of demon, unfortunately. <laughs> this is the kind that wants to sell you ham. That's the kind you don't want. Yeah. You want a demon like Coop would draw. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, let's see. So uh, he he meets the the possessed boy, and this is where things get a little bit different, guys, mm. because 
we had already seen him, uh, we'd already seen his exorcism style before, and it was pretty potent. But the demon seems to kind of uh, kind of resist all of his efforts, even though when he flashes this medallion in the demon's face, we see it's his eye, his pupils separate to demon pupils and normal pupils. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That's, That's a, a pretty, cool effect. That's yeah. a good medallion too. Like, do they? Can you get those at the like the Vatican gift shop or the? Probably, yeah. Like it's a claw probably. machine game. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, you, like, I, you have to be good at it. Like, it, yeah, that's the thing. Is you oh, I see. They can't just let everybody have those. You got to prove that that God has chosen you by winning the claw machine. Uh, which unless, is very unless you unless you pay for Vatican Blue, in which case you get it for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. but who's gonna do that? Who's gonna? You look like such an asshole what when you pay for Vatican Blue. Do it, right? the thing is when you don't want. Vatican blue, but they give it to you anyway, and you're like, I don't want people to think that I paid for this. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why must I be punished for having so many followers? Yeah. Uh, no, but that's also how you become Pope, is that you use the claw machine and you get the medallion with a P on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That makes sense, the, actually. That like, makes a lot of yeah. sense. the P on it? I don't so, want the medallion with P on it. Dan, uh, you kn- Dan, you knew not to go there, and you went there anyway. <laughs> you, you knew what I meant. You were very clear on it. I am shutting down this improv right now, you little stinker. <laughs> so... So uh, Father Morth is like, mm, there's something up here. This is this is a for realsies. There's a exorcism. something up in this boy. It seems like it might be a demon. So he brings uh, he brings the the local priest in as well. Uh, they kind of hang around and like like they kind of get to, we kind of get to know all the characters a little bit. Kick back with some brews. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Father Mort is kicking back with with booze. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So he then he's uh, like the three ninjas in that he's kicking back. So this is where things get a little fuzzy because this is like the midpoint of the movie. So, so this is where we of, get a little bit we get a little bit of scares. We get a little scares. bit of scares, and also the the demon is talking about how their sins will find them out, and that can be met, that ends up meaning both personally and culturally. And Father uh-huh. Mort, we, he's getting flashbacks to his service as a partisan in World War II, fighting the Nazis uh, in Italy, uh-huh. and. It turns out his sin was essentially not dying <laughs> during the but war. But it's also tied in with uh, – there's also like – it's mixed in with his sin of failing uh, the young woman. Yes. What, like Rosalind? Or- yeah. There was, an, there was another – there was another a, a possessed – there was a possessed young woman who he didn't take seriously as a case, right? Well, and, she, and she ended up uh, jumping off of a bell tower right in front of him. That's the – so, look – I mean, like, I guess that, you you know, like, these are the, like, this is obviously something that would haunt you as a person if you felt like you did, someone died because you didn't take them seriously enough. But it is one of these movie sins where it's like, well, it's not really, like, they don't want him to actually have done much of anything. So, like, his sin, I guess, is, like, he said she didn't need an exorcism, but then didn't, like, refer her to psychiatric help. It's, it's which is, more, yeah, like a sin of of not doing enough rather than yes. a sin of actually doing something wrong. And even the younger priest, his sin is that he had a, there was a woman he was in love with and she, and he wouldn't leave the priesthood for her. And so did she also take her own life? Is that what happened? She died somehow. I'm, I missed that. I, I think I was yeah, peeing that, during and, that And she died in such a way that she, it's impossible for her ghost to wear a top, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> 
And so, so you're right that they, there's the sins, but the sins they have are, are fairly minimal compared to the sins of the Catholic Church. Yeah, which were you, expe- is- were you expecting his sin to be like, yeah, there was, I was drinking and I like ran over a guy yeah, and yeah. didn't tell anyone. Like- I hit him with my Vespa and then I just buried him and he was still alive. His hand was reaching up through the dirt, but I just kept piling it on until he couldn't get out. He goes, look, I'm the Pope's exorcist. You know, this is gonna be all over the tabloids. I'm a famous writer. Like I can't, I can't let this happen. Great. Uh, and then but- the, the guy who's getting buried is choking on the, the the dirt and going like, the Pope's exorcist, the Pope needs to be exorcised because there's a demon inside. <laughs> and Father no, was like, no, common... you're misunderstanding. This is a, yeah, that's not actually what I do. I don't exorcise the Pope, although, you know, he could use a little exercise. You don't get a lot, he mostly just kneels and sits. He doesn't move around I like a that lot. you've turned into chicken marks right now. He's burying this guy alive and he's thinking to himself, eh, this is no good, boss. This is no good, boss. <laughs> these, but the thing is, these bits are kind of like Russell Crowe's mumbling the whole time. Yeah. It's great. That's true. He is kind well, of... You, it is Orson Welles as Chico Marx as the Pope's exorcist, yeah. Well, our friends on, on, on Blake Check have what they call putters and murmurs performances. And <laughs> Griffin, at one point, like Stuart invited him to come along on this uh, thing, but he had other Yeah, because I was like, who do I know who would like to road trip to Staten Island <laughs> to go see the Pope's exorcist with us? But I texted him afterwards. I'm like, man, you missed some puttering and some murmuring. Because <laughs> like, that's what this is. Yeah, like, but- and then so, later growling when he gets possessed. But, yeah, uh, oh, the, he really throws himself into the possession part, which is, and I'm like, this was the insider, and he's not above doing yeah, this stuff. Yeah, speaking of deviled ham. And so, <laughs> now, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead slightly just to say that yeah. we eventually found out that this is all part of it. They've, it's the demon Osmodius and the real sin that that is being exercised, it, it will has to be, is the Spanish Inquisition, which the movie lays at the feet of demons that took over mm, priests and made them do all those bad things. Explains and it. That <laughs> That was the part in the movie where I was like, movie, that's a step too far. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a step too far in kind of like in uh, in sin washing the, the Catholic Church where they're like, yeah. all that bad stuff we've done for a thousand years, that wasn't us. There was a demon inside of us. But it does mean we get to see a bunch of cool skeletons. So that was okay. We do get to see cool skeletons. So yeah. we, get a, we get another like exorcism sequence uh, that doesn't, again, doesn't go well. Uh, the same stuff where like the demon is playing on both their minds. Uh, at one point, this, the important thing is that Father uh, Father Amorth needs to learn the demon's true name because that's going to yes. give him power over it, allowing the exorcism to be completed. Yes. Uh, but we don't know that. The demon won't give up that information. Much uh, like knowing the true name of <clears throat> comic book writer Christopher Priest gives me power over him, should I ever uh-huh, meet him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Father Amorth is like, uh, he knows something's up with this abbey. Uh, he finds, he goes back to the well that has the seal of the Vatican on it and he pulls the lid off of the well and he finds a bunch of cool skulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks, it's very Resident Evil. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, so this was like Spanish Inquisition stuff. Uh, and these were people who wouldn't submit or convert they or whatever. They wouldn't convert. They were, yeah. Yeah, the Spanish Inquisition, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar, is the Catholic Church decided that they were not so happy about other people not being Catholic and killed them. Or yeah. tortured them into converting. It was pretty bad. Luckily, as the movie tells us, it was just demons that did that. So everyone was just cool. demons. Yeah. Uh, so they they go down into the basement. They're like, there's still something up. <laughs> so uh, the two priests go down into the basement and they find the hole in the wall and now, they find the door and yeah. they push the door down. And inside is a really cool chamber that's like totally something out of Dark Souls that has a bunch of uh, like skeletons. And in the middle of the room, there's like this cage with another skeleton. And let's and not forget there's 
built-in bookca- bookcases. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's those nice. Are, those are great built-ins. Why would you hide them behind that door? Like, take advantage of it. Yeah. And they need to get through another door. And the only way they can do that is they need to find the key, which in perfect Resident Evil logic means they have to dig through a corpse's tummy to find yeah. it. Yeah. Here's, because- here's the thing that, oh, sorry, what were you going to say, Stu? I was going to say, so it turns out that the corpse was a uh, an exorcist uh, or an inquisitor. I don't know which one. It he was he was he was like the last line of defense to keep this demon inside this wall. He was a priest of some kind or a cardinal or something. Here's the thing: this I I love a I love a scene in a movie where someone has to dig through a gross thing to get the thing that they need. But there's like mm-hmm. squishy sounds and stuff when he puts his hand in this corpse. This corpse is 500 years old. There should be nothing wet in it at all. It should be just a skeleton, Elliot. We're, there's, this is pausing in a, a universe with demons, okay? I can allow for a little bit of squishy corpse. <laughs> I'll, sus- I'll suspend my disbelief about demons. It's hard for me to suspend my disbelief that, like, somehow this this cellar chamber has the right conditions to preserve soft tissue. I'm sorry. I mean, if there's that's like the case, a, they should be hanging salamis in there. That's what a, they should yeah. be doing. There's a portal to hell, like, next door. <laughs> that's <laughs> but true. As, that's a good point. As that, indicated. That, creates, that, that keeps a lot of moisture in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As indicated, this is as video gamey as the, this movie gets because it is like, yeah, okay, well, we get the secret key out of the stomach, and then later on, like they find they get like the book that has uh-huh. not only like Asmodeus's real name, but it has mm-hmm. the handy map for like challenge all the other 30? demons in the world, I guess, <laughs> who have been. All these sleeper cell demons, yeah. Yeah, so that's the premise: is that the that when God cast the Lucifer and his buddies out, that there was two hundred <laughs> of them, buddies. and and they split, they like spread out around the Holy universe. I, the thing is, I'll accept I'll accept wild bullshit if it's Warhammery stuff, but this church stuff, I don't really care. No, what I what I, what I loved about just just because I'm really I'm gonna forget it at the end. They set up there's all these demons on Earth, and the end of the movie is like. These two guys are going to go stopping demons one by one. And I was like, are they going to make 200 movies? Like, this would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, we can only hope. <laughs> one a year, like two a year at least. Yeah. So it's, that would it take goes a for century. 50 years. <laughs> hey, they'll, they can do it. I mean, maybe this whole thing's a backdoor pilot for a TV show. Now, that's a little more realistic. To be honest, Actually, it does yeah. feel like a TV movie that's meant to be a pilot for a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So, and man, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Who's, who's going to produce that it? show for sure. I feel like this. I feel like this fits with HBO's model. <laughs> <laughs> HBO's model of take the, don't have television. Take all the things off of your streaming service. Of, yeah, yeah of moving Max's stuff model. over for from Discovery to. <laughs> so, yeah. So H- they find HBO's model of saying, "Remember HBO? Not anymore." Uh, <laughs> so they find this hidden chamber behind the wall that has uh, like a liquidy portal to hell. There's a throne with uh, an exorcist body on it. That that exorcist has this dead body has a book that has Asmodeus's name and a map to all the demons. It also is like surrounded by like there's like an Iron Maiden, uh, yeah. there's radical. Like, there's, there's like yeah. uh, men here's or whatever. Like <laughs> there's like a cult symbols. Pillars. I mean, they basically walked into a Mike Mignola comic. Like at this uh-huh. point, mm-hmm. that monkey's got a gun. Uh, yeah. So they uh, or Mignola. I can never know how to pronounce his last name. I've never heard Mignola. When I'm making a Hellboy, I like I make a nice Hellboy for you. This is to be real good. So they, it, because you're such a good customer, I throw in some of BPRD. No, that's just extra. You don't need oh, to pay wow. for that. Yeah. So they now that armed with uh, I was a talking. I was a talking oh, to Ava Sapien himself, a dog himself, and he was a saying that anyway. So. So armed with uh, Asmodeus's true name, they're like, let's go exercise this fucking demon. <laughs> so they go up there already. The demon's starting to possess everybody. Isn't like, the there daughter like as well. literally a part where they like 
the two of them plus the family like walk in formation slowly towards the demon uh, yeah, too. They do. Yeah, because yep. they mean it for real great. this time. And is this around the is it by now has the Pope started having his attacks or no? Yeah, I think you're right. The Pope has started having his attacks for a while. A lot of the times it would cut back to the Pope and he's like pouring over ancient tomes. All these redacted tomes. And he's like, oh no, this is a terrible. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's so it's so awesome. He's like <laughs> like he's like sweating on the pages. It's really great. <laughs> Somebody a scribble all over the book. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, it's awesome. Um, so they yeah. over-illuminated this manuscript. <laughs> yep. put, you're supposed to put in the pictures next to the words, not on top of the words. I cannot read it all. It's a called a marginalia. It's just super cool. <laughs> it's got a margin right in the name. What are you doing? Uh, so he, uh, the, the Pope, the Pope like is uh, reading these books and it's all redacted and he reads the like, the, you know, your past sins will haunt you or something. And then he has an attack and they have to take him to the hospital where he then vomits up a bunch of blood and we're like, is that yeah. magic? What's going on here? <laughs> For that, the Pope's he... general general practitioner to take a look at him and the Pope's yep. internist to, yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, he's not doing so good. Um, he, there is a, it is very funny the part where the young cardinal is like, this is outrageous, and then the Pope just spews blood at his mouth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it was so the, I think it was at that point where I was like, okay, movie, I've got your full measure now. This is a this is a goofy movie. Again, not the goofy movie. <laughs> not the goofy I don't movie. think Goofy is possessed by Asmodeus in that. I, uh, I won't know till we watch it for our goof movie spectacular <laughs> that we do. But uh, but it is this movie does get sillier as it goes on. So, yep, so now we have the big showdown exorcism now that they have Asmodeus' name. And this is where the demon unleashes its full strength, uh, sending Russell Crowe's character into, like, you know, sending him all kinds of visions. We also, the, what's the young priest's name? I want to say, like, Gabriel? No, Gabriel is the old priest name. Yeah, so it's like... I'll look it up, hold on. Yeah, it's something. Uh, But... He starts sending him visions of a uh, a naked woman, which I was like, "Wow, this is pretty late in the movie to see a naked person." What is this? The devil's advocate? <laughs> it's like the the parrot squawk in Citizen Kane. They're like, "Wake him up! Wake the audience up! Throw, throw yeah. some boobs at him!" So, and then yeah, so the daughter oh, uh, turns it. Father Escabel, is that it? Yep. That's the other one, right? Yeah, yeah, I think Played so. By Daniel Zavato. Yep, so the the daughter turns into like a crab lady or a spider lady and starts climbing all over the walls and she starts attacking her mother. Um, the priest starts getting uh, throttled by his own uh, his own scarf and we're like, oh man, things are looking good for our heroes. So doc, uh, Father Amorth is like, you know what? There's only one option here. And he holds on to the child and he's like, come into me. So uh, the, he takes the demon Asmodeus into himself uh, th- thus freeing the child from possession. All the other demon stuff kind of stops, so everybody runs away, but, like, Father Morth is, like, really holding on to it. He's like, oh, man, get this cross out of my hands. Yeah. And this is where we get some serious Russell Crowe hamming it up. He's, like, full-on demonizing. He's, like, throwing mm-hmm. himself around. He's uh, arching his back in ways that are challenging for an older actor. Um, <laughs> well, also, the, the camera's the, spinning around him while he stands in place, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to mention like the reason that like they specific, the demon specifically wanted this guy was to be like a sleep like a sleeper within the Catholic Church and there was part of me like once Russell Crowe got um, 
you know, possessed. possessed. I was like, are we going to get one of those endings where it's like, it seems like everything's okay. And, and then, then the Russell Pope Crow's- turns to the camera and he's got cat's eyes like at yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Shit. Like, or Russell Crowe's eyes gleam, you know, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, oh no, he really was still possessed. But you know, it's not that kind of movie. No, uh, it's, it's, the sillier option. It is. Yeah. Both, it is where both everything sillier. turns out happy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's. It's one of those. It was one of those demon exorcist movies that ends on an upbeat. Fuck yeah! Here we go. Type note. Yeah. yeah guitar squeal. Too much of that. Yeah. yeah. So he at one point he tries to hang himself, but it doesn't work because the demon ain't going out like that. Uh, so he drags himself down into the basement, uh, and the other priest follows him. He wanders. Uh, he wanders into the. Uh, he wanders into the chamber with the like the the pool to hell, mm-hmm. and a like a Virgin Mary type figure floats up out of the pool, um, and then morphs into the woman that he was unable to save. Now, like a totally demonified, and she like uh, she attacks him. That was a disappointment other- to me because I was like, when the Virgin Mary showed up, I was like, if this movie goes all the way and has the yeah. Virgin Mary appear and save him at the end, then I'd be like. Movie, you've got the courage of your convictions. Like it's Catholic yeah. characters go all the way, just like do it. But they or if they, they duke it out, that was like yeah. that. <laughs> the Virgin Mary is like punching the punching the devil the demon yeah. right out of them. Uh huh. Yep. Like, I feel uh, like if if I if I see a religious thing, I either want it to be. Not what do you really think her? What do you think her fighting style is? Is she like a zoner? Is she a brawler? Is she like kind of like like a Chun Li, like oh, Rebecca no, that's Ferguson? What I yeah, I I'm Virgin imagining Mary, a lot of kickflips, a lot of kicks, a lot like a Vega who's like jumping around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think Virgin Mary. She's not a, a trap flips. character. Yeah, that no, makes no, she's sense. not gonna like bear hug the devil and then like crush him like Zangief. She's Oof, gonna be. She gets be her badass. hits in. She moves away. She gets her hits in. She moves away. Yeah, yeah. Rush down. from different angles. Yeah, a lot of combos. A lot of super combos. That's cool. That's a cool. Pretty cool. Can. I'd be I'd be terrible with her, but she sounds like a pretty At cool the end, character. Like she's like and an interesting yeah. addition to the roster. Yeah, cradling, <laughs> cradling her enemy's like head, like it's the, the baby. Oh, but yeah. then like the it, like there's a moment of like sweetness, and then it gets crushed. Yeah, Miracle oh, yeah, Man yeah, style. Yeah, 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 yeah. she's yeah. got a yeah. yeah, she's got a she's got a command grab. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, but but I really when I see a thing that's religious, I either want it to be not that religious because I don't believe in Catholicism. Or, I mean, I believe it exists, but I'm not a follower of it. Uh, or I want it to go all the way and be so totally religious. And so I kind of want to see now a movie that is out and out, totally totally Catholic, believes all this, yeah. and the Virgin Mary shows up at the end and saves the day. You know, not in a superhero, not as we just talked about. And obviously, the- I would also like it to to bear, like, classic uh, uh, imagery where, like, the devils all are, like, a floating head with, like, Goat's legs flying around it. Oh yeah, well he's he's got he's got three mouths and each one is chewing on a famous traitor. Yeah, of course, definitely. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Um, but okay. so she, but it's all a trick. She and then, but then another lady comes out too. Yeah. Right? So well, she so she attacks him, and then when the other priest arrives. Now Russell Crowe is seated in the throne. At this point, you're like, oh no, is he completely lost? And so this is where the priest like tries to, you know, tries to win Father Morth back. He tries to win him back a little bit. Yeah. And in the process, uh, that brings back the the demon lady and out from the uh, Iron Maiden springs, the blood-covered woman that uh, he had slept with and betrayed, his, right? His lover yeah. who he wouldn't leave the priesthood for, yeah. Okay, and she's beating the shit out of him, okay? Mm-hmm. She's, like, chucking him around like he's a, like he's, she's folding him up like laundry. He's yeah. nothing. <laughs> and it is, it is, it, there is something really scary about being attacked by a naked person. 
it, yes, it, it's they terrifying. should seem more vulnerable, but they don't. And there's a video I'll always remember from there was a, a naked man who was having some kind of a mental break on this on a subway platform and People are around him, and it's like a lion is loose on the on the subway platform. Like he's kind of like moving towards people, and they're jumping back. And it's just and if he was in clothes, I don't think they'd be as, as scared. There's something See, about nudity that's, that's gonna be very scary. That's that's way sadder than what I imagined when I laughed at the beginning of you saying uh-huh. there's a video <laughs> like a naked part. Like I was like, Elliot, no. At first, I thought you had seen some sort of like uh, wrestling like, porn. That like no, that's not. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, supposed to be scary. This street fight match is very weird. <laughs> Uh, that was basically a Black Mirror episode, right? Um, so yeah. the, uh, yeah, so we have, we have two fights going on. We have Russell Crowe fighting one lady. We have the other priest fighting another lady. The other priest, uh, and there's pulls nothing out. Pro- there's nothing problematic, of course, about a movie where ultimate evil is represented by the only two women in the movie who are not a mother or a daughter. <laughs> and they're covered in blood, which of course represents menstrual blood, the source uh-huh. of all evil. Uh, and so they, it's, there's nothing problematic about that at all. Funny you should say covered in blood because the other priest takes out a magical priest coin and he presses it against the flesh <laughs> oh, of yeah, the demon yeah, yeah. lady fighting him, which bubbles and then she immediately bursts like a blood balloon, that covering was him great. in blood, which that caused was, me to cackle in the theater. <laughs> that was such a great moment. One, because it was like, oh, I guess it wasn't that difficult to get rid of her. Yeah, your magic coin, I guess you, had, you can use it once. But also the, the effect of her body bubbling up <laughs> and exploding was not what I was expecting from that moment. Yes. Well, and I like that it just happened. It didn't like, it didn't cut to him be like, uh, and say something sassy like, uh, sorry to burst your bubble or something. Yeah, here, here's blood in your eye, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. So, or or also the, him, it wasn't him going, sancta sangre, you know, or something like that. He just does it and she just blinks. <laughs> I I was so caught up in it. I don't even remember how Russell Crowe beats the other one. Well, they just toss the, I don't oh, they just toss right. the coin he, over and it's a twofer. Yeah, they like, just they the should coin, have been then, using this coin. Oh from yeah, the beginning. And, and then they, really. and he pushes her back, and she falls into the 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 like the, the lake of pit. lava. Yeah, the, the oh, lake yeah, of lava, yeah. which is like a hundred percent. I'm like, is Spawn gonna come out of this shit? <laughs> is like old timey no, Spawn yeah, movie? Yeah, it was like virtuosity effects? was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's real long like, man stuff. What was what was the what was the movie with Jeff Goldblum? Hideaway. Yeah, it's like hideaway effects. It's really great. Yeah. yeah, and and they're just shouting prayers until until the demon sinks into the into the lava. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it you know exactly what I wanted from because even though shouting prayers did not work earlier, it does work. Like, they didn't works shout now. it. Well, shouting, yeah. shouting works now, plus yeah. lava. Yeah, plus, that's plus true. Lava. Maybe it's the lava. They're just taking credit for the lava at that point. Yeah. So now we get a little bit of wrap up. They, you know, they head back to the Vatican. Now they're a team. Uh, they're <laughs> like, hey, with all the information you gathered, here's a map of all the the nine, 199 other demons we have to defeat. Yeah. And they're like, I got 199 problems and a demon is Looks all of them. like. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. And they're like, I guess, uh, yeah, it's very much a like, hey, this here's the next step on our it's adventure. Like you got let's a new go. job. I think they literally say, let's get to work or something like that. Yeah. You know? It's and but also it shows you the 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 heart where this movie's heart is that the family that is being inflicted with all this trouble they don't really get that much time ultimately and yeah. they're just like yeah so the family went home and they're fine now we don't even get to see a scene of them being healthy <laughs> it's just on to the yeah. priests we don't care about those people you know mm-hmm. yeah what's the next priest adventure rock music band <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I mean, it should have it should have ended with the two of them, two electric guitars riding twin Vespas through the streets of Rome yes. onto their next adventure. That would have been an amazing. I ending. mean, the la- the last shot should have been like a new possession, and then all of a sudden, two Vespas. Pull no, up. but the last <laughs> shot was, in fact, it's like it's like a still of Russell Crowe walking away or him walking away or whatever, and then they have like the 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 text on screen saying the thing about like. You know, he went on to do this many more exorcisms or whatever, and I'm Until like, "Until he died, yeah." I'm like, "Wait a minute, what? <laughs> You're telling me this? This is a real guy <laughs> movie?" And then like, it's like immediately based on the books by Father, and I'm like, "What?" Uh huh. <laughs> Liberally ad- adapted, I would, I would assume. Yeah, I had trouble. I, I had Probably. trouble reading all that because the movie left me on <laughs> such a high note. I was literally buzzing in my chair. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's final judgments. Yeah, this final judgments. This is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like. I didn't even kind of like. I I I liked this movie. Like, it's your favorite movie now. Well, you know, it doesn't look. Nothing can reach the heights of Cats, but it 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 has some of the same quality of like. I don't know whether it's good or it's bad. Like its good qualities are inseparable from its quote unquote bad qualities. Like, would I like? a better, objectively, quote, better version of this movie as much as I like this version? Probably not. And, yeah. like, it's not it's not like it's the most zany in terms of what happens in the movie because in a lot of ways, like, it hits on very rote, like, plot points, but they are plot points of, like, three different types of movies that have been jammed together. The movie definitely, it sets you up for a certain type of movie and then abruptly swerves to a different but related <laughs> type of movie and then abruptly swerves again. And Exactly. It, it kept me on my toes, not in a like, oh, who knows what's going to happen in this movie? So, so many twists and turns, but more a sense of like, where are you going, movie? Like, what? Yeah. Like, do you even know? Are you are you driving blindfolded? And that turned into a, like a it, you get like a giddy feeling after yeah. a certain extent. Probably. Here's the metaphor I'll give. It's like if three different songs were playing at the same time, hmm. and yet you know that sort of cacophony, and yet that somehow was delightful because in the middle there was one man dancing to that music and he was doing the most beautiful dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're talking about Russell Crowe's Russell performance, Crow. the, the most yeah. beautiful dance. I mean, it certainly is a movie that gains so much from his, how how full, like, all in his performance is yeah. and that he is not trying to, he knows what kind of movie this is or at least he knows how to have fun with it, you know? And so he's, he's at that level. I, I definitely- it, It's really highlighting how- this kind of later career Russell Crowe where he is, he might not have the, the like the power to pull some like bigger movies. So he's doing these B movies, but he's bringing a really good, like a really high level of energy between like this and Unhinged, yeah. which he's fucking great in. I feel bad that I like that. I feel like I was harder on Poker Face than uh, the movie that, that we did than I would have been if I knew he was saving all that energy for this movie. And that's <laughs> yes. why he was so like, so down and so glum and, and lifeless in that, that he's, he's like, gotta save it for the Pope's exorcist. That's going to be the fun one, you know? And I think also maybe, maybe some of my joy is like, this is a type of thing that used to be more common and isn't anymore of just like a movie that's really unabashed in its schlockiness, but they have, managed to afford one really good 
actor who's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, <laughs> you know? And uh, I'll say, I feel like the rest of the cast is also serving, yeah. especially yeah. the little kid. The little kid is great. Yeah, I feel like nobody is bad in it. No one, no one's Franco, Franco Nero is perfect. Franco yeah. Nero is just like, it's such a, it's such a, it's such not the way you would expect the Pope to be played normally. I know. And, and, it, and it, it's so fun. Like, this is also when I think I'm going to put it more in kind of like territory because I don't want people to, I want to save my actual like for, for movies where I'm like fully on board. But I think you're right that like, there's a good version of this. There's a quote unquote good version of this movie, a quality version of this movie that would not be as enjoyable and not as good as this. And we already have The Exorcist. Like we have yeah. an exorcism story told as well from a serious point of view as it's going to be done. So like, why not make your exorcist movie like like silly, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and not silly in the way, not silly like, was it? Dispossessed? Repossessed. Repossessed, thank you. Repossessed, which is not, <laughs> which is a bad, a bad version of a funny version of that. Yes. You know? A movie that I was, as I was telling Dan last night, a movie that I mainly remember from the nude scenes. <laughs> uh, yeah, thumbs up. I'm going to say this is definitely a movie I liked. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Kell. The queen is dead, long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for Tights and Fight! Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. Hey, when you listen to podcasts, it really just comes down to whether or not you like the sound of everyone's voices. My voice is one of the sounds you'll hear on the podcast Dr. Game Show. And this is the voice of co-host and fearless leader Joe Firestone. This is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners and we play them with callers over Zoom we've never spoken to in our lives. So that is basically the concept of this show. Pretty chill. So take it or leave it, bucko. And here's what some of the listeners have to say. It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish I'd discovered it sooner. You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. Well, uh, we have a couple of sponsors. We should uh, take a moment to thank and acknowledge. Uh, And the first one is Smalls. You know, cat food has been the same forever. I don't know if that's true, but it's here in the copy. Cat food has been the same forever. <laughs> keep going. Keep undercutting the sponsor. Good job, It's Dan. time for cat food to move into the 21st century. Well, you know, like back in the, the Middle Ages, you know, what you fed your cat was probably different than Purina. I mean— No, Dan, cats have been eating the same Purina food since saber-toothed tigers were walking around. <laughs> I mean, colloquially, in the colloquial sense of forever, cat food, yeah, it's been the same forever. And that's why you've got to try Smalls. <laughs> The protein-packed cat food made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your, fri- in your fridge, and it's delivered right to your door. Smalls works with leading cat nutritionists to create recipes that are exactly what your little furball craves and needs. And I've got two little furballs, so I'm twice as interested. And two After cats. Making- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
classic. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two little fur balls and two cats. Uh, after making the switch to Smalls, 78% of cat owners reported their cats have shinier and softer fur, and 90% reported overall health improvements. That's a big deal. And you can try it risk-free. And if your cat won't eat their food, they'll refund you. So, yeah, it's nice to have, like, treats I can give to my cats without thinking, like, am I, you know, impeding their health by giving them a little something to like extra. Uh, I have some of these small treats. Small streets, it's always feels Yeah, yeah. In, good. in fact, they even work when I don't give them to them, but rather while I'm asleep, they fish the bag out of the <laughs> out of the cupboard and drag it out and tear into it. Uh, what a couple of little rascals. Muscles and meatball, the marinara brothers at it again. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, higher quality ingredients mean a healthier and happier life for your kitty. So head to smalls.com slash flop and use promo code flop at checkout for 50% off your first order. Plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you'll have to use our code FLOP, F-L-O-P, for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code FLOP, 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. I'm sorry that I undercut the copy <laughs> earlier. You know, it was all Stop that talk apologizing. of Orson Welles. You know, I started thinking of, <laughs> I started thinking like him rewriting the green peas or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you can't start a word with in. Uh, yeah. I can't say a sentence within. Uh, I'm also going to talk about our other sponsor today, and we're also sponsored by Babbel. Now, for most of us, learning a second language in high school or college was not exactly a high point in our academic careers. I talked about before, I've taken, I took Spanish in high school, did very poorly. I took German in college, also didn't do great. It just, the way that language was being taught to me was not easy for me to comprehend and uh, and absorb. But now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's a fun and easy way to learn a new language. And I used Babbel. Uh, I used it to re-up my Spanish because I live in a part of the country where Spanish is very useful. And I have to say that I now feel more comfortable and confident using Spanish conversationally when I'm talking to people where Spanish is their first language. Am I totally fluent in it yet? No, not yet. But I can have a kind of basic conversation and I can see the comfort in the faces of the people I'm talking to that I'm speaking their language and they can speak in the language they're more comfortable in. So it's been really great. It's been a really positive experience. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. The lessons are short. You can binge them or you can spread them out, and you'll be amazed how many you go through so quickly, like you're popping candy in your mouth because they're just easy and fun to do. Other language learning apps use AI. Boo. This is going to haunt boo. me in the future when AI runs the world, but Boo. Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Up with people, down with AI. Let's reward meat, flesh, humans, and let's stop rewarding our future computer overlords. But down with, with up with people. But down with uh, up, up with yeah, people, up with down people. with AI. Yeah. Which Elliot means Alex Incorporated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yeah, down with that show that was canceled years ago. With Babbel, <laughs> you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. I think, guys, I might go on to Italian. I was going to possibly do Polish, but after all this talk today, I think I might do Italian so I can make my cartoonish, offensive Italian accent that much more authentic. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription. That's a huge discount, more than half off. 55% off when you go to babbel.com slash flop. That's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash flop. Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash flop for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. So let's go on to letters from listeners. 
Let's do it. Why not? Oh, wait, Dan, can I mention one what? more thing, actually? Sorry. Sure. Yeah, Dan, you're allowed. Thank you. Before we go on, I'd just also like to mention that Housebroken, the Fox animated show that I've worked on for the past couple of years, has a new season. New episodes are airing on Fox on Sunday nights and also appearing on Hulu. Take a listen to it. Take a watch of it. It's really good, and it's really funny. It's got an all-star cast. It's about animals that talk and have therapy together. I think you'll enjoy it. Back to you, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. Uh, letters from listeners. That's the thing we do, and we're going to do it now. This one's from Rachel, last name not withheld. You'll see the rest of the letter for the details on that one. So it's not Rachel G. Married, and the middle initial G is forgetting. Mm-hmm. It's not be. that I, I can tell. So it starts like this. Dan mentioned in the recent episode, Your Place for Mine, that he'd like to see a film based on the book Arthur and George by Julian Barnes. I thought he'd like to know that there was a UK TV miniseries based on it. I can't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I remember it was pretty well received at the time. Sidebar, I think I did say that I knew that it had been an adapted, uh, but just not as a movie. And I specifically wanted okay. the story. Good. Good. Take, okay, take cool. the satisfaction of having taught you a new thing away from our listener. Thank no, you. No, 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 no. I, I appreciate... <laughs> There are multiple people who told me about this. I appreciate it from everyone. I did see that when I was uh, looking into oh, it. So but. this is you subtweeting, stop telling me about it to people. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm reading <laughs> a letter that's going to get to a better point later on that we can talk about. Not you better. can just say thanks. I thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, what else I'm just reassuring say? everyone that I... Know that this exists. I haven't seen Our it Our national myself. nightmare is over. Dan is familiar with the adaptation. He hasn't watched uh, it, but he knows it exists. Uh, no. <laughs> orange on. alert over. We no longer need to consider moving ourselves living under orange alert. Next paragraph that is related. So I concluded the beginning okay. setup. But okay. uh, anyway. Excellent. I realize that it's contrary to the tradition of the show to share last names. But I also thought Dan might like to know that there's a flop house listener who's Last name is Sherlock. And Whoa. what's more, I share an apartment with a friend of mine whose surname is Watson. What? Although, although we live in Dublin rather than London and we solve very few mysteries, we still get a lot of enjoyment out of the coincidence anyway. They live at 221D Butcher Street. <laughs> and a uh, Mrs. East River is there. <laughs> um, I also wondered if you had any thoughts on the future of Sherlock Holmes in cinema. The Enola Holmes movies seem to be his current iteration, but there are, are there any more avenues left unexplored? Has his reign as the most portrayed screen character left the well dry at this stage? Should he be left alone with his bees for a bit? Regards, Rachel, last name not withheld, Seba, for further details. Um, I haven't. Uh, what's the deal with Enola Holmes? What's the deal there? Uh, that's Millie Bobby Brown's uh, ser- series, and I say series. There's two of them. Is it like um, Sherlock Holmes' sister or something? Netflix like that, or films. Yes, it's his uh, sister who had previously been written out of the stories. She's very charming in them. She does a lot of uh, talking to the audience, and um, the person who either wrote or directed them uh, did directed the. Fleabag episodes. So like okay. I, it's got some of the talking to the audience has that same kind of breezy feel. Um, it's they're, they're, they're fun. They're, they're entertaining uh, movies. I liked them. Okay. So, but let's get back to the question then. Yeah. I mean, I think of Sherlock Holmes, any is, long running character obviously needs to go to space. Yeah. As yeah. We learned from we the leprechaun and yeah. Jason and we've had, Sherlock like Holmes a, hasn't gone to the hood either. We've had a, Gender swapped 
punk rock 80s one from Guy Davis's Baker Street Comics. Mm-hmm. Ah. So here's I, something. Oh, wait, sorry, Dan. What are you going to say? Well, I just, I mean, since we mentioned Sherlock Holmes in space, I, I was going to say, I guess the closest we got is when Data would dress up as Sherlock Holmes on the holodeck yeah. and have adventures. That was, I always thought that was kind of funny that they were like, hey, by the way, we're tired of doing Star Trek shows. <laughs> we're going to do something else. Uh, the, so here's a, th- this is a real idea that I've been trying to develop and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Dan, has there ever been a story where Moriarty is the hero and Sherlock Holmes is the bad guy? Because I was, I was thinking a while ago about something where Moriarty, rather than just being like a crime kingpin, he's portrayed that way, but that he is an anti-imperialist uh, and Sherlock Holmes is working for the government in order to shut him down. We're like Sherlock Holmes is a is a cat's paw of a uh, of Imperial Britain, basically. I I can't think of a specific one, but I can almost assure you that that has happened. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's the problem with a character. Like trying to find a new spin on that kind of a character is a challenge. Well, okay. Uh, okay what if it's what, like, if it's what if it's a kid and he's like Sherlock Holmes Junior. Mm-hmm. What if it's a doctor played by Hugh Laurie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. I feel like without putting a big spin on it, um, have there been a lot of like animated Sherlock Holmes? Like maybe a traditional Sherlock well, Holmes a, story, but just Sherlock animated. Gnomes. There's no, the I, great I said, mouse detective. I said traditional, Ooh. not okay. a twist on it. In that okay. one, Sherlock Holmes, instead of being a man, was a gnome. <laughs> I mean, and, Basil and, of Baker Street is basically a mouse Sherlock Holmes, but yeah. again, not a traditional. Yeah, animated. like basically the, I mean. It's I, a straight yeah. forward I mean, Victorian I am England. That there, I'm amazed there wasn't a like a Saturday morning cartoon in the 80s or 90s that was like called like Sherlock Holmes 2079, where he's like it's Sherlock Holmes in the future. Maybe there was. I know they did with the, that with the Phantom. Maybe they did do that with Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Actually, let me take a look. I'm gonna find out. Hold on. Yeah, Google those exact numbers too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, portal to hell. See if it. Um. Well, uh, while Elliot's doing that. Let's, I think uh, I think there's a you tough know what one. there this, was there this, was a show there was an animated show called Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Okay, never mind. There goes that idea too. They've done well, everything. Yeah, Dan has Sherlock Holmes ever investigated the Jack the Ripper murders? Because it feels like there's a possibility <laughs> many, there. Many. <laughs> okay, well, what about Dracula? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> did Sher- did All Sherlock these was was he ever part of a of a character like a league of characters who are extraordinary <laughs> in some way? I don't think, was he I technically think part of the league? No, he wasn't. He's dead when the, he's, 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 he shows up in the flashbacks, but the, the idea yeah, is they think yeah. he's dead. The shadow looms large in them. Exactly, yeah. His brother shows up. I don't know, up. maybe he does need to take a break with his bees for a, a little bit. Um, but the thing is, like, most- Has Johnny Lee Miller ever played him? It's such a strong <laughs> character that most of the versions work in some way or another. That's the, that's the thing. Um, anyway, he is a character who is so much stronger than the, than most of the material he's in, including, in my opinion, the original many of the original stories. Like he's yes. such a, he's such a strong character that I'm sure he'll come back. It's, I feel like he's right up there with like Frankenstein, where it's mm-hmm. like even if there's a lot a string of bad ones, there's going to be a, a good one eventually because they you can't put him down forever. Uh, this next letter from Derek and Clara. Wait, Dan, what if Sherlock Holmes was a fox and his sidekick was a mouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan. Uh, sorry, I don't know. Oh, it's Slylock Fox. I, that's of course. Mm-hmm. And Max Mouse. <laughs> and yeah, Max I don't want to. I yeah, give Max Mouse his props. What uh, if instead of Max Mouse, it was Dodgers star Max Muncy? So yeah, this Dan. one is titled. This letter that is is titled Jumbotron Engagement. I never thought it would happen to me, but here I am, almost a year and a half after paying for a Jumbotron proposal. 
and finally writing back to say that she said yes. Woo! Oh, good. Admittedly, she said yes the day we listened to the episode back on uh, what's this, uh, January 29th, 2022. But since then, we have said to ourselves weekly, we should really get back to them and tell them we got married. Well, 64 episodes later, here we are. So thank you very much for the assist and keep up the good work. Cheers, Derek and Clara. Oh. We did something, guys. Thank you so much for writing yep, in. That was I'm, all I'm, us. I've been on the edge <laughs> of my seat ever since we first announced it. And now I can finally use the whole thing because I'm paying for the whole chair, but I'm just using the edge. Yeah. Thank God. You're the chair good. paid for by that lovely treat, Jumbotron. Treat your yeah, butt. Thank you. Treat your butt to a full seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jennifer hey, Convertibles, treat your butt to a full seat. <laughs> Well, congratulations. We're so excited, and we hope that you're happy together. Yeah, congratulations. So let's round out this episode in the traditional way by recommending movies. I'd if like you to insist. recommend a little movie <laughs> called The Pope's Exorcist, <laughs> the film that has twist, brought twist, me twist. the most joy recently. Um, you know what? If you need something that's not The Pope's Exorcist, Sorry, there's I, no other movies. I finally saw Dungeons and Dragons, which was also a lot of fun. Uh, but you know that doesn't need my help. Obviously, People like the it. best part of that Dungeons—I don't know—it's not playing in that many theaters anymore. You think it didn't? I, I mean, I'm sure do. it did well. No, it's, I think it's movies great. just it's a lot movies, of fun. Movies just don't last that long. I mean, Super Mario Brothers has been a huge movie, but even that is starting to leave theaters. It's, like it's no Avatar too. The, yeah, uh, just don't stay in the obviously, that long. I think I think Dan's favorite part of the Dungeons and Dragons movie was the PSA beforehand, where they made the whole cast come out and tell us that we're <laughs> the real heroes for going to the movies. And Hugh Grant looks so unhappy. See, I just I've never seen about a man it. look less happy to be anywhere. I. Literally just tweeted about how unhappy Michelle Rodriguez looks in that. <laughs> like, go back, go back, spin the tape back, Dan, and look at Hugh Grant's face. He looks like he is witnessing his children getting. Yeah, robed. the whole it's thing is kind of a hostage video feel. <laughs> it it shows you how much Nicole Kidman really loves the movies. That yeah. she she's genuinely delighted by how heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and that's a that was a fun movie. It was a blast. Yeah. So uh, recommendations from either of you or both? Yeah, I guess. Prefer- preferably. I'm recommending <laughs> I'm gonna recommend two fucking movies because they're both movies in a series. Uh, they are uh, Korean films. They are directed by the guy who wrote the screenplay for I Saw the Devil. Um, it is uh, the first movie is called The Witch Semicolon. No, wait, colon. Part one, the subversion, and the a semicolon sequel. would have been a would have been a, a pretty baller move. To use a semicolon, <laughs> it would have been crazy, right? Uh, it's these movies aren't that crazy. Uh, and then the, the sequel, of course, is the witch part two, the other one, which feels like they ran out of gas on that title, but that's okay. Throw a semicolon in there, get the juice so back the, in. I mean, these are pretty straightforward, uh, like horror action movies about. Uh, like children who have been experimented on to be turned into like uh, superpowered beings. And of course, some of those children get loose and then they have to send other superpowered beings after the, uh, the, ch- the young girl who is now grown up to being a superpowered teenager. Um, and the, the movie kind of spins off from there, adding more superpowered people. And they're uh, really violent and gory, and they're a little bit too long. But uh, if you're looking for like a fun, gory action series, uh, check them out. 
The Witch Part 1, The Subversion, and The Witch Part 2, The Other One, and maybe they'll make a third one. <laughs> They're setting it up. The Witch Part 3, Yet Another Witch. <laughs> I would like to go, at, just like Dan was breaking all the rules by recommending the movie from this episode, I'm going to break a little bit of the rules. I'm going to recommend a short this is not a full-length feature. This is a short movie. Uh, Dan, that, Dan, check the rule book real quick. Yeah, am I allowed uh, to do that? Is there a rule against nothing it? nothing in the rule book that says you can't okay. do it. All Go right. On. I'm going to recommend this is a movie that I am shocked that I was not aware of before. This is uh, a movie called The Appointments of Dennis Jennings. This is the movie that Stephen oh. Wright won an Academy Award for, which I was, for some reason, was not familiar with. It stars Stephen Wright, Rowan Atkinson, and Laurie Metcalf. So I'm like, I how what was this blind spot that I wasn't aware of this? Because I love all those people. And- it feels like it, it's only a half hour long, and it really feels like it is a fictional movie version of essentially Stephen Wright's act in a lot of ways. And he delivers a lot of Stephen Wright jokes, and he plays a kind of like a paranoid guy who is uh, has a girlfriend but is uh, but is paranoid about losing her, and he has appointments with a psychiatrist played by Rowan Atkinson who clearly openly hates him and does not like listening to him when he talks. And it's one of those things where it's, watching it, I was like, oh – so that show, Louie, in addition to being made by a creep, also ripped everything off, not just from Woody Allen, but from this short film. Like, it really feels mm. like this is the proto version of that. Uh, but I really enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Wright uh, as a comedian, and it feels like you're watching his act in movie form. So that's The Appointments of Dennis Jennings. It's all up on YouTube. You can just watch the whole thing. You don't even have to pay anything for it. I don't know if that's legal, but that's you know what, man? Comedy wants to be free. Possibly. That's Elliot's life hack. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my life hack. Watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, you know what? This has been great. I really enjoyed going out to see a, a movie in the theater. Yeah. Uh, we we always say, like, maybe we should do that more often. Maybe we should do it more often, especially because it gives Elliot an excuse to go see movies that maybe he wouldn't normally. Uh, and just to get do. out of my house, any yeah. excuse. I'd love to leave mm -hmm. my house. Look, more at, often. look at the smile on his little face, yeah, dude. It's him. amazing. He's oh, smiles so, he so big. It's amazing that it fits on my little face, my itty bitty face. <laughs> <laughs> that little doll's face. Um, a doll's face yeah. by Henry, Henry Gibson. Gibson. Uh, yeah, a doll's face. Yeah. <laughs> And a doll's face part two starring Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Uh, a doll's oh. face two, the subversion. <laughs> a doll's face two, the other one. Demonic Wait, so there's another toys. doll or the doll has another face? That's and what you, I don't know. And, and Ibsen is like, you gotta see the play, they'll find out. I'm Italian now. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, um, uh, Oh, we went down a little uh, cul-de-sac there, but now we're yeah. turning to the highway. <laughs> I'm less, gonna say. less a rabbit hole and more of a sinkhole, but yeah. <laughs> I'll say uh, thanks for listening. Uh, go over to MaximumFun.org to find other great podcasts on the MaxFun Podcasting Network. Uh, thank you to Alex Smith. He is uh, known as Howell Dotty on various socials. He uh, produces and edits the show and does a lot of other great stuff. Uh, check out his own work. Um, thank you for listening. For the Flophouse, I have been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Elliot Kalen. Uh, bye. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> Hello? 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 I don't know Hello? why I was quiet. Is it me you've been waiting for? Is it me you're looking for? So, Dan, Let the bodies hit the floor. That pe-pe-pe-pe song? I think it might have come out before uh, the Rod Stewart song. Oh, interesting. So I'm going to do some research on that.
and maybe blow that whole Rod Stewart situation wide open, mm. stealing this, stealing Hallie's Brazilian song. Mm-hmm. That was so funny when she just started doing that. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.